Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the episode. If you found it inspirational, if you found that you learned something from it, or if you found that it just gave you some amazing value, I'd really appreciate a review on Apple Podcasts in return. Thank you so much. Enjoy the episode. See you guys soon. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in. Today on the show is someone I'm blessed to call my friend and my client who definitely knows what it's like to go down a specific path in life and then pivot and start entirely from scratch to follow their dreams. My guest today is none other than Yasmin Karimi. Yasmin started her career in law and recognized that her career didn't tick all the boxes for her when it came to following a life of passion, fulfillment and purpose. Since leaving law and deciding to pivot, she decided to learn about the beauty and well-being industry by starting as a sales assistant in Harrods and spent her time and energy focusing on creating exceptional products and services to help her clients. Yasmin has found success in life through makeup artistry, wedding planning, um, leading to ultimately uh, creating her own line of beauty and well-being products. In between that, she also found the time to start in a reality TV show here in the UK called Desi Rascals. Yasmin, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Hi, Jefesh, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you feeling? Yes, um, a bit nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll be fine in like a minute or two. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you get into the flow, you're going to be fine. Uh, but look, yeah. it's so good to have you on the show. I'm so glad you made the time uh, to do this. Thank with you for you. having me. Um, so let's let's kick off. Let's talk about your journey a little bit. Let's hear it from your side. What made you go into law first? How did that come about? And mm-hmm. what made you transition from law into beauty and makeup? So I did a business management degree. That was my first degree. And from there, I wanted to become like a HR advisor. So I actually left, um, like finished my degree and went into becoming a HR administrator. And I worked my way up very quickly into becoming a HR advisor. When I became a HR advisor, I found that it was very similar to um, become like being a lawyer because I was dealing with all these really, really interesting employee cases. And I really, really enjoyed it. And I was working for this amazing company and the bosses of the company became really good friends of mine. And I enjoyed it so much that I started looking into like, what more can I do, you know? Um, And even though beauty was always at the back of my head, uh, I I, I always just thought you have to go down the academic route. I don't know. I just, I felt, I I guess as being Asian, it just made me feel like important. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel like I had accomplished something. And I just didn't think that beauty would, would make me feel like that. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So even though that was like my passion, I kind of like left it to the side, you know? Almost, almost like it wasn't prestigious enough. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And when people thought about beauty back then, like what, 10 years ago, like mm-hmm. 15 years ago, they just thought, oh, she's just a makeup artist. like there's so much in beauty but at back then people were like if you say beauty it's makeup artist anyway so then from then my bosses really supported me and they were like why don't you become like a lawyer why don't you go back and do like your law degree and I thought oh my god like maybe maybe that's what I should do so anyway um they really supported me and I did a law degree um in one year which was really intense I regretted it every minute. I was like, why, why did I get back into education? So I did that. And then I was fortunate enough 
to get a job in a magic circle firm mm -hmm. um, and for anyone that's like watching by the way um, it's not easy getting into a magic circle firm however you've got to be smart in life right um, sometimes going down the direct route isn't always your answer so what I actually did like everyone used to say to me there's absolutely no way you're going to get a job in a magic circle firm you need like first you need to be like go, gone to like Cambridge or Oxford or like Kings or something like that um, but I was so determined that I actually worked full-time in a, a law firm in a medium-sized law firm mm -hmm. in Stratford um, but after I'd finished work at 7 30 8 o'clock and I would actually go into Clifford Chance and volunteer um, work, work like litigation the most tedious thing I ever did but that enabled me to make contacts and like meet people and eventually I ended up getting a job that I, I ended up getting a job in Clifford Chance when Which I got that job yeah it was it was amazing it was my dream come true and I always like envisioned myself like you know going up to Clifford Chance in Canary Wharf it was like the most incredible experience ever mm -hmm. but you know it's as almost when I got it, it was just not satisfying. It, I was just like, well, I've achieved this now. Do I really want to do this? There's so many people that die for the position that I have, you know, wanting, um, you know, uh, uh, you, to do their, you know, law, law, convert, like law courses, whatever, and become, um, become lawyers in magic circle firms, but I don't even want this. So like, when my friends were ringing me up and they were just like, you know, you're really lucky. And they were like really sad because it'd been like two years and they still didn't have jobs. I thought, no, I'm taking someone's position who really, really, really wants this. And I really don't. So I actually okay. gave that position up. That's a huge amount of, uh, I'd say self-awareness about the fact that you knew you didn't want it. Was there anything mm. specific that made you feel like you didn't really want it or that you wanted to move on? Just before I carry on, I just never wanted to go down the academic route. Like it was something that I don't regret at all, and I loved every minute of it. Fortunately enough for me, like I'm just I'm I'm one of those book smart people. So like if I did any degree, I probably would have got the grades right. Mm -hmm. But that that's why it was never challenging for me. Do you see what I mean? And for me, I wanted something challenging in my life, and. I was just doing, I did two degrees, passed them, got amazing grades. Every job I wanted, I got. So it was just like, I was just getting things so easily. There was no challenge to it. Well, you say that you were getting it easily, but, and I guess for you, it was natural to do what you did to get that job, for example, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, I guess so. I was very determined. And when I want something, I, I target it and I, and I want it and I go and get it. Well, and, the, and your actions prove it, right? So for example, mm -hmm. working in a law firm in uh, East, East London and then going after work to then volunteer at another law firm because yeah. you wanted it, that's, yeah. that's dedication, that's putting in the time, that's putting in the effort, that's dedicating the energy to yeah. making that stuff happen for you. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, actually. There you go. I mean, seriously, just underplayed what you were what you were doing. But that's fair enough. I guess that comes from the humble side of you then. Because, and it's incredibly, like, uh, interesting, actually, that you then recognize that other people were missing out on that position because you'd had that position. So, And, and I just didn't even want it. So I just think, I just thought it was really unfair of me to 
to do that. Which, I mean, hopefully someone who got that position after you'd left has done whatever they wanted to do with it. And hopefully it's taken them to the next level in their lives. Uh, if that's yeah. what they wanted, maybe they realized that they didn't want it either. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like really shocking. Like I used to speak to some of my friends and honestly, Dipesh, they used to be like breaking down because law, becoming a lawyer or a barrister was like their, their lifelong like ambition dream. And they used to like break down. And I used to sit there thinking, I don't even, I don't even care for it. Like, yeah. I don't even know what the big deal is. Right. And I didn't understand why it was so difficult for people um because they were like they were oxford and cambridge people you know they had the most amazing grades like they were like they they attended every single lecture every single thing they could possibly think of whereas i on the other hand i really didn't so i was just like i don't understand but as i've grown up and obviously now me and you like you know do work together and we you know you're my mentor but i just it is it is like whatever you see in your mind right when if something is easy and achievable in your head then it is Correct. right yeah how, how you perceive it is how you'll experience reality behind it it's yeah it, it's easier said than done as we yeah. both know but yeah. it really is a game of how can you adjust your mindset first to then start experiencing the things that you want to experience but as mm-hmm. you all know you have to put in the effort you have to put in the work has to be done it's not going to do it itself yeah definitely so okay that's that's a super interesting background about how you got into law what made you feel confident enough and this is probably a better question what made you feel confident enough into taking the step away from law and going I'm going to start my own business and what was the response uh from like your closest friends and family was it all support or was Mm -hmm. there a lot of maybe you shouldn't do this what did you go through okay so um so can you still help hear me because i've just turned my phone off silent yeah you're good you're good okay perfect um so okay so like i said when i started speaking to my friends and they were just like you know you're really lucky and you know you're this is it now you're going to become successful um i really like sat there and questioned myself and i thought do i really want this like no i don't and then actually initially it was actually a money thing in my head I just I've I've always been very ambitious and for me there was like a cut-off kind of ceiling point right Mm -hmm. I never wanted to become like some big shot partner it was never going to happen like I just never wanted that for my life like I'm I'm a girl at the end of the day and I really want to I want to get married and have kids so I that was always at the back of my mind um so I had to choose what I wanted to do sensibly in terms of I'm always going to be a working woman because I'm so ambitious and I want to be super successful but at the time of being super successful I ought to want marriage and kids right so I was never going to be partner and then I thought right if I'm like a lawyer in a magic circle firm what am I going to earn what a hundred thousand pounds 150,000 pounds and on top of that I work like 16 17 hours a day like is it really worth it so I just like weighed up my options and I just decided I literally Depeche I was remember going into work one day and I think I was on something like 40,000 pounds and and come on when at the when you're like 23 24 and you're on 40,000 pounds going into a magic circle firm like that's pretty good and it just it just didn't 
I didn't care how much I was getting paid. I just sat there and I sobbed on the train to work. And that day I came back and I was sobbing on the way back. And I just thought to myself that I'm a 24 year old woman and I'm, I'm pathetic. I, I'm crying on the train, like who does this? And I, so I was seeing like all these people around me and it just hit me dipish. I saw all these people around me and they were miserable. They were actually miserable. They were like not smiling. They were commuters. They were so serious. And I was like, I just felt really suffocated mm -hmm. sitting on that train thinking, I do not want to be one of these people. I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to be different. I want to follow my dreams and my ambitions. And, and then I started thinking about my beauty brand. And there's one thing that I missed out when I was doing one of my, uh, one of my exams for my law degree. Mm -hmm. um, I remember there was like nine exams and I think I'd done about seven and there was like two left. And the day before my exam, I don't know what came over me and possessed me, but I sat there not knowing anything about this exam, what I was going to do tomorrow, but I made an entire business plan on about my beauty brand one day but in back then it was like I'll one day do this I didn't yeah. think it was going to come so soon do you see what I mean yeah but I mean it took over your mind so much that like your focus just went from oh I've got an exam tomorrow to this just yeah. come out of you at that moment in time right yeah and and at the time I just thought to myself oh, so what if I fail like this is how much I was just like I really don't care right um so yeah, so then that's what happened. And then I just decided, like I walked in the next day and I and I said, I quit, I don't wanna do this. And I'm not the right person for this for this role, nor do I wanna become a lawyer. I actually don't, I actually don't want this. And actually there was something that happened to me and I've never experienced racism. Mm -hmm. um, and I never thought it was a thing. And I never thought that like, I never, when people say, oh, in like magic circle firms, you only get like upper white, like middle-class people. I, I never bought into that. It was never in my mind and never have. And I, I still kind of, I, I don't know. I, I just don't put my thoughts on it. Mm -hmm. But a partner called me into his office one day and he said to me, um, what are you doing here? And I was just like, sorry, I don't understand. And yeah. he was just like, what are you actually doing here? And I was just like, I'm not understanding your question. <laughs> and I was like a bit scared of him. And he was actually a Bengali guy. So he was Asian himself. Right. And he was a partner. And he basically said to me, you're wasting your time. So stop the Legally Blonde Act. You know, you're never going to get anywhere and you should just get married and have kids. Whoa. And I was so taken back to fish. I could not believe he had said that to me he actually got into a lot of trouble because I told um the partner that I was working for mm -hmm. and he got into so much trouble um but I thought it was outrageous that he said that to me like I could not believe it because I was like performing do you know what I mean yeah. it's not like I wasn't understanding or not doing stuff but and the fact that he was Asian himself and that yeah. he said that to me do you see what I mean so, um, so that also made me realize that I, mean, I don't need to be around these kind of people. I don't need to be around people that just like judge, you know, and, and are looking at me because maybe I'm a woman. Do you see what I mean? Yep. So anyway, so I just, I just quit one day, Depeche. I quit and I didn't have a plan. I did not have a plan. I just quit. And when I quit, I felt so relieved and I felt so happy. And when I went home that day, I told my mom, like, yeah, I quit. And she was just like, sorry, what? Yeah, how and was, was that like, response? No, I quit. 
at the time she didn't say anything because she just thought I was having some sort of major breakdown but I she was annoyed like my family were annoyed at me they were just like you're 24 years old you're not married you've just quit like the most amazing job ever like what are you doing with your life Mm -hmm. and I just sat there thinking I don't know what I'm doing with my life but it's certainly not this Sounds like it's one of the most like liberating feelings that no one else understands and everyone else just sits back. Yeah, I just didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People thought like everyone actually thought I'd gone crazy. Like they just thought that I was just like, I'm just having a major breakdown. Yeah, that's that's super interesting because I think one of the, for everyone listening as well, if you are thinking about, you know, wanting to take the leap into business, it doesn't mean that you have to, for example, leave your job to start or anything like that. This was Yasmin's journey. This is what she went through. Mm. But it doesn't mean that everyone's going to be there to support you from day one. I think that's the most yeah. important part. It, oh, you, I definitely like, I, my family supported me, but in the first few years, they supported me. But like, <laughs> well, just watching, just watching for me to be like, okay, I need to give this up and go back to like mm-hmm. you know the corporate world yeah which is i mean look in all families defense they kind of want the best and what is yeah. the best for everyone uh but at the same time maybe they just don't understand what like we're going through at the same time what you were going through at that moment in time where you're having all these realizations about what you want to do with your life what you mm. want your life to look like what you want to experience um mm. how you want to be paid for example and what you want that to come from because they're all very yeah. different things for different people. So let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about the the makeup thing now. So you've left now. How mm. did you get started? What was what happened? So so I thought to myself, okay, so now let's see like an average person's salary a year. This this is like my process in my mind, right? And I thought, okay, like back then, an average person's salary. I don't really know what an average person's salary is right now, but back then, I thought if someone was earning really good money and they were really comfortable, it was like it's like thirty thousand pounds a year, right? Yeah. So I thought to myself, right, if I can somehow earn thirty thousand pounds a year in what I'm doing, then I haven't really lost out on anything. Mm-hmm. Do you, I mean, that yeah. was my mindset. Do you see mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. So. I thought to myself, that's like, a, that's like 2000 pounds a year at uh, 2000 pounds a month, I think. So I was like, if I can earn 2000 pounds a month, that means like I'm stable and I've got more than enough money and, and that's good. Right. So anyway, so then I got into makeup was always my passion. Um, beauty was always my passion. So I was really, really passionate about doing makeup. And back then, you know, now everyone's like an MUA and um, everyone does makeup which is which is amazing but back then there were like very few people that were like actually makeup artists right yeah. and there were actually very few people that were self-taught makeup artists now I was self-taught um, and I start I thought to myself okay what what can I do to get a stable income but also have the freedom to like not go into work if I don't want to mm-hmm. so I signed up to an agency and got a job as a sales assistant in Harrods but I could get I could do like any of the makeup counters right um and actually I was the first Asian girl employed in the Harrods Beauty Hall because they would not employ Asians wow so for me 
I just feel like I've always wanted to like kind of break that barrier, achieve something. Do you see what I mean? So the fact that I was like the first person ever employed in the in the Harrods Beauty Hall, like I was just so like happy about it because honestly, Dipesh, it was just blonde, white blonde people. <laughs> so honestly. you were the first. You were the first in there as an Asian yeah. girl working yeah. at the Harrods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a huge accomplishment yeah. in itself. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It was amazing. And then obviously later that year, I think they started employing a few more and they were kind of like trying to break that because I think a lot of the Arabs started coming into town back then. Mm -hmm. um, so it was like a really big thing. So anyway, so then, yeah, I started working there and my logic for working there was like, hang on a minute, I want to be in Harrods one day. So what's the, what can I do? Like, there's nothing better than me working on the shop floor, making contacts with the beauty buyers the managers seeing buyer behavior what they buy what they what customers are into what kind of questions they ask how how I can help them so it wasn't about like I didn't really care if I was a sales assistant do you see what I mean because obviously people just like looked down upon that they're like you've got two degrees like why are you why are you like degrading yourself by becoming a sales assistant but I had a different agenda do you see what I mean and I didn't really care what people thought about me so anyway so for a good year year and a half I was a sales assistant and the best thing about it was I could work whenever I wanted so I'd work about three four days a week and one of the bad the downsides when I used to work there Depeche I used to st like stand there with like this awful black blazer on with this black skirt and would have to work in heels and stand in heels for like eight hours I just used to again sit there and be like have I just made the biggest mistake of my life like what am I actually I was, doing with I was my just life? about to ask you was there any point while you were doing this where you sat back <laughs> and thought you know what I shouldn't have left law yeah, I was just like, what am I doing with my life? And I used to see all these like women, like glamorous and walking with their like beautiful handbags and like outfits. And I used to sit there and look at them and think, what am I doing with my life? Like, seriously, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just had to remain focused. So it was so, so funny because I made so many friends and we used to sit in like the canteen and we just used to talk about how depressing Harrods was and how it was like the most awful job that anyone could ever have. Yeah. But then I used to sit there and be like, one day I'm going to be in Harrods. Like one day I'm going to have a beauty brand and I'm going to do this. And I used to get like so inspired by that. Um, and then my friends used to be like, you know what, Yasmin, yes, you will. And they used to like really, really encourage me. And I just like loved that. You know what I mean? Yep. And then, yeah. And then from there, I started getting some of the princesses from Qatar, from Saudi, from like Dubai, coming to the MAC makeup counter. And they, because I was like the only Asian working there and I had like my makeup and stuff, they only wanted me to do their makeup. So they became my private clients then and I ended up doing some of their weddings so that was really fun because obviously I got paid a lot of money to do that and yeah. they used to like tip me lots so then that's how I transitioned into them becoming a makeup artist and a freelance makeup artist so I could then quit Harrods and literally just do makeup bookings mm -hmm. and then from makeup bookings uh doing weddings I then thought to myself it just hit me and I just thought hang on a minute I'm doing a bride she has a three-day event she has like usually the Mendy um the Barat the Belima right so you usually have like a three-day event like why am I just doing one day yeah. like why am I not doing a package deal and saying okay I can do your makeup for all three days 
Do you see what I mean? Yeah. So then that's what I started doing. I started offering them a package deal saying, yeah, for this, uh, for one day, I, I charge this. Um, for three days, um, I'll give you a discount and, and I'll do this because it's worth my time. I then end up making more money. And why do they need to like have three different makeup artists, right? Exactly. And then I realized they started asking me, do you know a hair artist? Do you know a henna artist? Do you know like a sari tire? Do you know this? They started asking me all these questions. And then I used to be like, yeah, actually I do. But then I realized, hang on a minute, why am I not starting? It was called the YK Beauty Concierge. Mm -hmm. Why am I not the beauty concierge right now? Do you yep. see what I mean? Why, why so can't then, you why is everything? Yeah, exactly. So then it went from me doing like one bride um to doing it for three days and then like the 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 immediate family like the the sisters and the mothers and then it went on to like the guests um yeah so that that happened and that was in the uk and then i expanded to international weddings which was like one of the best times of my life um and i built a team of 40 artists 40 different artists and yeah i used to go you know to europe around the world doing um high profile destination weddings and it was just it was so fun and it was amazing it was like such an incredible experience which is well it sounds amazing i mean being flown out i'm guessing for Mm. all the um all the wedding days that you're out there you get to enjoy the weather you get to enjoy yeah. uh the yeah. different areas that you're going to see it sounds incredible yeah um just yeah. off the back of that what was your biggest learning from managing a team of 40 people um you know what i loved it i actually loved it because i always i just used to like see them working and I just thought oh my god this is amazing I cannot believe that I have built this team up I've, I've built this team up you know mm -hmm. and my priority was that everyone a is everyone working and doing their job but b they need to be like passionate about what they do and also enjoy your, themselves because I I know that I've been in jobs which I've hated I really hated so I made sure that the team that I built up were really passionate about what they did because I wouldn't want anyone on my team that's just there for money purpose and that's it because yeah. it's never going to be a successful team. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, 100%. That the the happiness factor, I would call it. Yeah. Like they've got to have passion, but you can have passion and then still not be happy about where you're working. Uh, because yeah, be exactly. So like passion and then happiness is what it sounds like you were collating together. And yeah. If yeah. Person had those attributes. You were like, okay, this person's a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, definitely. Okay. So that was important to me. And then, yeah, that's what I did. Um, then at some point in that time, I started, I launched my first product, mm -hmm. but it was like a product that I used to make in my kitchen, um, that I always did. And then from then, um, there was this one client that I did and she was like super sweet and she was one of my biggest clients. And um, she said to me, she really wanted to help me with my business. And she said to me, why don't you do some wedding favors, like some beauty wedding favors? Mm -hmm. Like you could, in everyone's hotel rooms, we can have like a little sun factor. We can have like a little cream, a body oil. And I was like, oh my God, I would love to do this. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I was like, do you mind if I brand it like my own? And she was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like do it, get, you know, it's the best way to like get your, 
get your name out there and I was like oh my god this is such an incredible opportunity so then I I did all that and my family helped me do all that at home we like made everything packaged everything and and supplied her I think she had like a thousand guests and that was amazing and then yeah that's it it just really began from there I just I was just so passionate about doing the photography making my website um selling talking about the ingredients that were in it and at that time I launched with five hair treatment oils okay and that was the first product the first yes actually no the first product was my YK perfume which no one actually knows about okay um YK perfume my hair growth oil shampoo and conditioner were my first products wow and then now and then that's basically what started Yasmin Creamy as what people see now correct yeah basically if you see my packaging my old packaging it's so funny Jepesh like it's so cute it's like you know when like your child goes to like kindergarten and they come back with like some amateur painting <laughs> Do you my know first products were so amateur like, know I maybe, can't believe maybe there's a way to kind of bring that back as like the vintage YK package <laughs> yeah. down. by no, the way I do not? think that sometimes I feel like it does need to come back you know yeah why not I mean if it's one of the first things you ever did I'm pretty sure people would be interested in seeing exactly what it looked like yeah and I still have those original original formulations actually it's really um it's really interesting because back then I I've always been obsessed with organic stuff think natural things um products that don't harm your you know your skin your body and my very first formulations of shampoos were actually had no surfactants in them and they didn't foam the annoying thing about that was um, cu- the customer feedback that I would get is like, oh, your shampoo, I don't like your shampoo because it smells nice and it's, it's so good, but like it doesn't foam. And psychologically, people want a shampoo to foam. Right. But I just felt like I was too much of a young new brand to now try and educate people because if people are going to get a shampoo that doesn't foam automatically they're not going to come back to me they're mm-hmm. going to be like no this, this doesn't work it's only all these years later like 10 years later people are now so educated about it and now people are like well if it foams then that means it's got surfactants in it which is not safe for the hair so now I'm having like the opposite problem do you see what I mean yeah, yeah. but with my shampoo now it it does foam because it's actually the surfactant is driven from coconut oil so it lathers up but not like your normal shampoos yeah so it's kind of like the middle ground yeah you're not going to get as uh the same experience as if you use like some standard uh shampoo from like a drugstore or supermarket but it's somewhere in between but it's natural yeah 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 exactly and the thing is like these shampoos from like drugstores and stuff they're they're really just for the purpose of washing your hair every day they're like cheap and cheerful and they smell amazing right Mm -hmm. um and it's just like a feel-good factor but yk products are treatment-based products so i had to be really mindful in what i put in my products because they are treatment-based products so if i'm treating things like hair loss and you know alopecia and hair you know things like that i have to be really careful with what surfactants i use yeah definitely and do you know what the first of all just so i mean we speak a lot anyway but just so everyone else can hear it, i'm sure they can the energy that comes from you as you're speaking the passion that comes through like you can sense yeah. it and this is probably one of the reasons why you've managed to achieve uh, the level of success that you have up to now because you can sense the passion behind it and it's not just 
passion is what we were talking about earlier you've put in the work you've taken yeah. steps you you've done the research you you know you it wasn't just like you worked in Harrods and decided to start a beauty brand you've put in a lot of time and effort and then eventually come to this as the formulated business idea which is uh yeah good to see um and it just actually it's really funny because you know I said to you earlier that like when I was weighing up my options and I was like oh why am I going to work 16 17 hours a day for this amount of money I'm not joking I probably work 24 hours a day <laughs> <laughs> I work till about two three o'clock in the morning I wake up in the morning and I'm working and I'm working like I think the other day I started working at 11 a.m and from 11 a.m to 3 a.m in the morning I I took one hour break in that I yeah. I just I could not stop working but the thing is Dipish I love every minute of it I'm not gonna lie I do get stressed sometimes and I get really really overwhelmed and you obviously know this okay. but like secretly I love it like yeah, I of thrive course. off it do you and, see what I mean and that's where you what you're doing for work or what people mm. would consider work and a business is aligned with what you want out of life it's aligned with your vision it's aligned with your uh, I would say purpose as well and ultimately you can tell that because it's giving you a sense of fulfillment yeah you feel like 100%. that that generally happens you get into this zone where eight hours would have passed and you've been working away but it feels like you were only doing it for a couple of hours yeah yeah yeah. sometimes I'm like there's not enough hours in the day <laughs> yeah definitely and that that is the creative zone right like when you're in that space you know that yeah. ideas are flowing from you everything's kind of clicking into place yes there might be stress or anxiety but you're still pushing forward because it's what you want to do no one's forcing you mm. yeah 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 I mean it's really tough like getting up in the morning and making sure that you so so basically this is what I've noticed about myself and maybe a lot of people go through this but sometimes I wake up in the morning and I've got a million things to do and I don't have time to breathe and I just kind of get on with it but then there's then there's times probably once a year or twice a year that I get which are so awful dipish for like two three weeks a month I'll have a mind block and I will not be motivated to do anything like nothing will motivate me and I'm just it, and it's awful because I don't know what happens to me but as an entrepreneur getting yourself out of that rut and actually you know working and getting back into that zone again is really 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 difficult I think that's the most difficult thing about being an entrepreneur because once you're in it you have that momentum you're kind of like getting on with it you're doing it like you you just don't have time to think but if something knocks you back and you get you go into that kind of dark hole and you're just seeing your business slip away do you see what I mean yep, yep. that's actually one of the questions I had for you so I'm so glad that you just brought that up now oh. no it's perfect because what what I was going to ask you is what do you do when you feel stuck because it it does happen to people. It's happened to me. It's happened to you. It's happened to a lot of people that I've spoken to uh, on the podcast and away from the podcast. But mm. what's what's important is not the fact that you get blockages, but how you deal with them. So do you have yeah. anything in particular that maybe you've learned while this is yeah. on that you realize you have to do to get yourself back into the swing of things so that you can start building uh, momentum again? 
Yeah, so it's taken me quite a few years to actually understand this. Mm -hmm. But when that happens to me, Dipesh, actually, I've realized it's because I'm overworked. I'm so overworked that I crash. And when I crash, I crash really, really badly. And actually, I'm listening to this book, um, 50 Cent's new book. I think it's called Hustle uh hustle harder hustle something it, it's amazing it's it's I'm just like loving the book right now and in that book he made some really really interesting points and it really made me realize because actually even though I work like 16 17 18 hours a day sometimes like you know 20 hours a day actually it's not good for me because I majorly crash mm -hmm. so I think that I'm getting a lot of work done but actually I'm not so what I'm trying to do now in the last year I've gotten better and better at it is that your life should be in balance you know when you're working those crazy hours and yes you're passionate and yes you're achieving but ultimately you're not you're not achieving do you see what I mean? Because your mind slows down, you get, you become frustrated, you become annoyed. Um, you're not, you're having like four or five hours sleep, which is like not healthy for you. And then, and then you turn into eating junk food because you don't even have time to make yourself a meal and have like a proper meal. And then that then leads to like weight gain. So it's like a really vicious cycle, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. And it, so, it takes a lot of awareness to get to this stage and be like, okay, this is the cycle that I get stuck in. Oh my God, it's taken me so long. It's taken me 15 kilos later to realize <laughs> this cycle. <laughs> Which is fine because now you know you have a target to go back down from yeah. as well. And it's, yeah, this is it. Like people can take this as devastating news. And the first couple of times, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you might have seen it as devastating news when you experienced it the first couple of times. But the more and more you gain awareness around this and you notice certain patterns emerging around the way you work and the way you look after yourself and how that ties into you just being, not just being someone who's driven and fulfilling their business purpose, but also someone who's happy while they're doing it. Mm. Yeah. Like that mm. gives you this opportunity, this awareness gives you the opportunity to prolong the success period and enjoy the process at the same time. Yeah. I think that's so important. Yeah, so I so this is what I've learned to do. I've learned to have at least one day off a week. Um, I don't like taking days off because I just think, oh my God, I'm wasting my time. But actually I'm not wasting my time. I'm spending time with my family, with my friends and I'm having such an amazing day, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm gonna like stay in bed that day and do nothing, then that's me wasting my time. So I take one day off a week hundred percent and I just really enjoy myself I do whatever makes me happy that day and then what I try and do is try and finish work before eight o'clock and not carry on work in the in the night and the evening and the only time that I do that is for example I'm now having putting my Valentine's collection together so like this 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 week is really intense for me it's like really crazy for me and that's fine when you've got deadlines to meet when you've got launch dates you know you've got to work crazy hours to get something done yeah. but I'm talking about every day to be to have a sustainable business and and yourself to be like you know fully functioning you've got to have like boundaries you've got to have that cut off and, mm -hmm. and you've got to force yourself and I'm not going to lie when I first started doing this I started getting anxious because I was just like I'm bored. I need to work. Like, why am I watching Netflix? Or yeah. like, this is a waste of my time. But actually, I found things to do in my personal life that I had neglected. So like, I love reading and listening to books. Mm -hmm. um, I love like, 
listening to lectures, TED Talks, uh, watching successful people. I love documentaries. I actually love TV series, right? <laughs> I love going out for walks. Like I just love all of that sort of stuff. And I lost all of that. I lost what I loved, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so I guess that when you go through this slump, you've just got to find yourself again. And that's your body telling you, you need a break. You know, you need a break. And it's okay to take that break because actually when you take that break, you become even more ambitious motivated you get fresh new ideas that you would not have thought about because your mind was so cluttered your yeah. body is so run down you're just weak and, and, and nothing is like registering in your head there'd be times where I'll just be like people will be saying something to me and I wouldn't understand what they were saying because inside I'm thinking I don't even have time to listen to you like I've got so many things in my head right now you know always running but, yeah exactly and sometimes you've just got to slow down and pay attention to things around you and yourself because ultimately you're going to perform better and you're going to become more successful if that makes any sense 100 i i call that like the fishbowl effect where you're so in it in your own world that all you can see is what's happening inside your fishbowl and only yeah. when you take a step away from that can you actually see the bigger picture? Because otherwise, some, mm. look, tunnel vision is good, especially when you're focused on trying to create a result. But at the same time, if you want new ideas and new inspiration to uh, be implemented into what you're working on, you have mm. to take a step back. Otherwise, there's no way that you can allow yourself to actually see any ideas coming in. So yeah, yeah absolutely love that. So yeah, let's, I'm going to come back to uh, the business in a second. Uh, but let's talk about that little stint in the middle where you were on TV. How did that come um, about? Like, what was that like? Um, and was, have you done that before? Or was that the first time? What happened? You know what? Now I think back and I think I completely attracted that into my life, like completely. Um, I never wanted to be an actress or a reality TV star or anything like that. But the whole showbiz and becoming like famous always attracted me. And it's really funny because back then I was thinking maybe like, again, I, I was thinking I'm, I'm Asian, I'm Pakistani, um, acting and stuff is like not respectful. And it's like, you know, I want to get married. And if I do this, then I probably won't get married because people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, she's too free and, and all of this sort of stuff. Right. So then I thought to myself, oh my God, let me just like do some dramas. Anyway, um, I got approached and I and a lot of people approached me to do Pakistani dramas which I was like really going towards and the only thing that stopped me was the fact that I'd have to live in Pakistan um half of the year and I would and also my Urdu had to be like perfect and it really wasn't and and it still isn't so that's the only two things that I thought and you know my friends used to be like no it's fine you'll get used to it Pakistan's amazing and I was so so almost going to do that but then I thought, my parents are actually going to kill me if I do this. So like, <laughs> I've already put them through enough. I can't do this again. Then I got, for them. Yeah, literally. <laughs> then I got approached to do Bollywood movies, which was a hundred percent a no because I'd be actually disowned by my family if I did. <laughs> so like, then I got approached for that. So I, I feel like I did attract it into my life. Then I got approached actually on Facebook, um, one of the producers saying, I've come across your profile, I've been like watching you for like a while. And back then I used to do like lots of Instagram, Instagram stuff. I used to be very active on Instagram and Facebook. 
um and that's when people like that's when facebook hadn't bought instagram so it wasn't like stories and all of that but like pictures and captions all the time and they were just like we really like your content you know i really like you know the way you are and stuff like would you would you be interested in coming in for an interview for this for this show and i thought this is like a joke i get this all the time i used to get messages all the time about stuff like this and i ignored it but for some reason this time i thought it looks real I googled the company and it was an actual real production company so I was like oh this is really interesting so I got really intrigued I went along and actually they lied to me they said it was a reality documentary type thing following young Asian entrepreneurs so they completely lied to me um which I was really mad about um and I told my parents that um because that's what I was told and that's what I thought was what's going to happen but it was totally not that it was a completely 100% Asian reality tv show yeah Desi Rascals <laughs> was nothing about following young Asian oh, nothing <laughs> that's not and how I remember I and I remember going on the first oh yeah and then I tried to convince some of my friends to do it and they were like no no way like no we don't want to do this and then I ended up convincing one of my friends um Kavita to do it um and then I thought at least I'll have someone with me Mm -hmm. but I honestly thought it was like I just thought this is amazing for my business this is going to give me like huge opportunities it's going to give me exposure and I'm going to do it um so yeah so so let's do it so in my head I thought they're going to come into like my office and they're going to follow me around and all of this and it was nothing like that and I turned up at the first day of set and I remember filming and all of a sudden I see these like two guys trying to like talk to me and I, I was just like, cut this right now. <laughs> what is going on? And they were like, do you not know? It's like a reality TV show. Like, like, what's that show called? Um, the Only Way is Essex. It's like, it's the same producers. I was like, what? <laughs> but by this time, so you've already kind of like signed contracts and stuff. So you were in this, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had like yeah. signed contracts. Luckily, I actually got a lawyer involved and a lawyer like, went through everything and protected my business and protected certain things because actually they want to like own everything about you it's it's really like crazy um and they want to own your like future businesses and things like that so I was never going to let that happen um and luckily for my law background I knew some really amazing lawyers that could like rip that contract apart and like redo it so I was like fully protected um but yeah that's what happened and then do you know what I just kind of went along with it I kind of enjoyed it I'm not gonna lie um I went along with it and the public really liked me which I was so fortunate and so like blessed about because the public didn't like some people and you know social media abuse and stuff got pretty bad Mm um yeah so I I just thought you know what for me for me Dipesh I whatever I do in life I have to be happy in it. And if I'm not happy and if I'm not enjoying it, you've got to put a stop to it. That's just the way I live my life. And there were times in that show where I was so over the show and I walked off set so many times because I was just like, I don't even care for this. Um, But what I do care for is my self-respect and um, how you're making me look Mm -hmm. because that's my reputation, you know? And I still have like a family and this is going to be on tv so you might think that like there's there's some people that will do anything for fame but I just was not one of them do you know what I mean so yeah so I just when I stopped enjoying it um it actually stopped the show did so I was just like oh thank god (laughs) 
amazing. Now I can focus on my business. <laughs> well, my next question was, would you ever do it again? You know what? At this very moment in time in my life, now that, you know, I'm a lot older, mm -hmm. um, no, I wouldn't. Um, but I don't regret doing it. I, I, I'm really glad I did it. It was an amazing experience. It was super fun. And it gave me a lot of exposure, which I'm super grateful for. Um, would I go on TV again? Yes, I would. Not a reality TV show, but I would definitely, definitely like go back on TV again. And I would love to have my own show. Like I would love to have my own show when like I'm super successful and have like my own Netflix series. <laughs> You can have extreme <laughs> extreme makeover, uh, Yasmin Shalini edition. That would be quite cool. Literally, I just yeah, I would definitely go back into TV, but it would just depend what it would be, you know. Yeah, fair enough. But it would be on your terms and what you wanted it to be, not what someone else was taking you for. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Cool. Okay, let's go back to the business side. So, how has COVID been for you? What has it taught you? And what did you do in that time, or rather this time, we're still in it, uh, to grow and change with the business? Okay, so um, COVID has actually been amazing for me and my business. And that's because I'm so fortunate and so blessed to have the most amazing followers and amazing, like loyal um, customer base. Um, but I just found that because I guess people have a lot more time, I feel like I really made an effort to really connect with my customers and really connect with my following. And I feel like that made a huge impact, not only to me because it makes me so happy and speaking to my followers. And, you know, I started sending people voice notes because it would just be easier for me to voice note them and seeing their reactions, um, connecting with them was like, it was amazing Dipesh and I really really enjoyed that and I, I never got a chance to ever do that because my inbox is always so so full so the few messages like every night I, I look at a few of my messages and if, if I can re respond I respond and I actually really started enjoying it but then in turn they've become even more loyal to my brand um, and I love the fact that I have that direct contact with them mm -hmm. so yeah and so I've done that and I think that's a major change that I've done even though I was always connected through stories and through Snapchat, but not like one-on-one -on -one because this it's very personal. difficult, this you know, this, exactly. This is like more personal. And it's, I guess it's because I've had a lot more time in 2020. I took a lot of time off work, a lot. I think I only worked about two to three months in 2020, just because 2020 for me was a time for myself. It was a time for my mind, for myself, you know, just to, sometimes you just need that. You know, I've been working for six years, and when lockdown came about, I thought this is my time to spend time with family and just, you know, just really restructure my business and really think about where I want my business to grow, you know. Um, but yeah, and then I just worked really heavily online in terms of not, not so much my social media, but in terms of my website, I wanted it to become really interactive um, because my website is my shop, you know, people come in to my website to shop so I started thinking about things from that perspective um how as a customer if I went onto a website what would I want to see what do I want to like read and what what interests me what makes something interesting so I did that and I built my website which was one of the most difficult things I've ever done it's <laughs> and the most stressful thing <laughs> yeah but I really enjoyed it 
Um, and that's it really. I just think I'm continuing to do that. I'm, I'm having lots of fun. And, you know, as much as I always say, I want to go into retailers, I always find ways to make my website or my e-commerce like so much more fun and interactive and, and try and do revenue generating activities that then the retail gets like kind of pushed aside. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you, it's almost like you find another way to generate revenue, um, which actually just keeps you going um, in a really positive way, actually. Um, and retail is an opportunity. I know we've spoken about it um, a lot as well, which will have its time for sure. Mm. Uh, but right now there's like obviously things that you're focusing on. And I think the, the time that you took during 2020 to really focus on connecting with your, um, with your followers that will always have a lasting huge impact from the way I see it, because you're ultimately focusing on nurturing your brand. Mm, because yeah. tomorrow, if you decided to start an entirely different line of products, it's not the products that will sell. It's the, it's the people that follow you that will be buying. Yeah. So they're following yeah. you and you have taken the time to make that connection. Yeah. Which, yeah. which is definitely a strong way to uh, continue moving forward. Definitely. So what is your vision in life? Like, what is it that you're working towards? What's the dream for you? My dream. Um, well, I always say this. My dream is to, inshallah, inshallah, get married and have kids. It's like my ultimate dream. But alongside that, I also want to become hugely successful in my business. Um, I want my business to grow into a multi-million pound company um yeah that's it just makes me so happy you know and I want to do both well and as we've discussed many times you can have both it's never uh, it's it doesn't have to be one or the other yeah definitely definitely can have everything and for everyone listening as well uh who feels like they're stuck between choosing between uh, one thing that they want and another Mm. um you you can have everything I think I think you know what I also think that um, a lot of people say it without realizing. Um, I've actually always believed I can have both, but I feel like so many people say the opposite, that actually, even though subconsciously I know I can have both, my actions, like conscious actions, were opposite what I really think. So I've always like, said that I can have my kids and get married and be a housewife as well as well as a really successful entrepreneur mm-hmm. but like people are always like well no you can't you're not a mother yet and you don't know how difficult it is and it's just like okay fair enough but let me experience that myself maybe if I get married and have kids I it will be okay yeah you guys were right but until that happens why am I going to have that mindset? Why am I already thinking about things like that? Do you see what I mean? So actually it really, really frustrates me when people are like, well, you're not a mother yet. So actually you cannot do both. And it just really annoys me because I'm just like, well, maybe you can't do both, but don't tell me what I cannot cannot do. And then you get some guys that say, oh, um, I'm really focusing on my career right now, or I've got this huge project. So I'm going to like do this and then I'll think about marriage or I'll think about, you know, pursuing my personal life. So you're right. Like most people do think that I can only have one or the other. And if I get both, it's going to be too much and it's going to be too crazy and hectic when actually that's not true. Like, I just really don't think that's true. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because obviously people have their own circumstances, situations, and as a result of that, they form their own perceptions about what they believe is is or is not possible. Yeah, um, yeah but yeah. it's when and it's I think it's common for people to do it anyway because our parents have passed on what they believe is the right way to do things or not, etc. So when they see someone else wanting to do what they couldn't, it's almost mm. like they want to impart that knowledge in a way to try and protect mm. you to say, don't even bother trying because it's tough as hell. But you know what? To be honest, it's not even parents. It's actually our generation, Dipesh. You reckon? It's actually 100%. It's majority, like majority of my friends, obviously are married. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's majority of the girls that are my age that say this. And it's majority of the guys that are our age that say, um, no, I need to focus on like, you know, getting this job or be in this position before I commit myself and, you know, things like that, unless they've gotten married really young and that's a different ball game. Mm-hmm. But like people that are at our age and not married or married they're saying these kind of things and it, and it's just like no it's not true you know but also Dipesh maybe someone does want to get married and just be a housewife and that yeah. is okay you 100%. know and maybe someone doesn't want to get married and fully focus on their career and that's also okay Definitely. but the point is you can have both yeah and ultimately it's exactly what you just said it's down to what you choose and what you actually want and yeah which of those things makes you happiest Like if if having both makes you happiest, go for both. If having uh, the career makes you happiest, go for the career. And if it's having a family and being a mum and like living that life and that makes you the happiest, then 150% go for that. Because at the end of the day, no one else is living your life. Yeah. You're the one that has to live it day in, day out. Mm. So if you're happy, amazing. But if you're not, just recognize that actually you can change that because you're always the one that's in control. Whether yeah. you inherently believe that right now or not is a different story, but you are 100% in control of the decisions and choices you make. Yeah. I just want to say something that, so, you know, I want to tell the people that are listening to this about the app called I am. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is a really cool yeah. app. I love this app. And just now what popped up was, um, I am uh, strong, confident and motivated. And it's just like, I so needed to hear this right now. And I feel so happy because actually I do, like just before we did this podcast, I was thinking, I've got so much work to do. I've got to cook, I've got to do this. Like, I can't let Dipesh down. So I've got to do this. But I was just like, really like hectic. And then I like changed my attitude as I was doing my makeup. I thought, no, you know what? This is something fun. And maybe if you do this, you'll get motivated to like do the other stuff that you have to do this evening. And I I do, I feel really happy that I did this. And that that quote just came up and I'm like, oh my God, I actually do feel strong. I feel confident and I feel motivated. That's amazing. So for everyone listening, that app is called I Am. It's on, well, uh, myself and Yasmin have uh, iPhones, so we know it's on the App Store. I don't know if it's on Google as well, but uh, it's it's great for a little uh, motivational kick that just pops up on your phone throughout the day, um, as you just heard Yasmin saying. Um, mm. Okay, uh, Yasmin, what has been some of your biggest learnings uh, or maybe even your biggest failure that you feel like was your biggest failure, but you've learned something amazing from it. Okay, so two questions, two things, because obviously I have failed many times. Um, 
firstly, I would say, Divish, what really comes at me is that always, always trust your intuition. Always. Your intuition is never going to lie to you. And whatever your first initial intuition is, just learn to listen to it because every single time I've gone against it, honestly, Dipesh, I've gotten myself into a lot of trouble mm -hmm. in terms of work in, in, and personal life as well. But I'm talking about, we're talking about business right now. Yeah. I just think that there's people that have come on board and I've seen them and I thought, no, I don't think this person has good intentions. But then, but then they've like convinced me and I've like ended up employing them and they've probably been the worst people that I could have ever employed um so a lot of that's happened to me um same with suppliers companies you know people have come on board and I think no I'm not getting a good feeling about this but somehow they've convinced me and I've carried on in turn I've ended up losing a lot of money and time and and also contributed to like a lot of my stress and anxiety because of that so I just came to the realization recently which actually me and you spoke about mm -hmm. is that what's important for me and my life both personal and business is to have people around you that add value to your life that make you happier and that have good intentions and have a good heart I think that's really really important any person that contributes to like your stress levels or gives you a hard time you need to like eliminate them like straight away you know, and that could be like a supplier, it could be an employee, it could be, you know, it could be any anything. Yeah, even um, personal, I guess. Yeah, even personal. Um, so I think that's like one big, big thing that I've learned. Number two, um, do you know what? Be smart, like, meaning be good with how you spend your money is something that I'm learning massively. Um and by that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with spending money, but have some sort of like spreadsheet where you can actually see what you're spending your money on, because that makes you more aware of like, OK, I've spent this much on this. Um, I've got this much left. And it just makes you a smarter business person. Do you know what I mean? I think that's really important because I've never done that up until this year. And it's made a huge difference. And because of that, actually, Depeche, I've become a really good negotiator. And I've actually gotten rid of services that I just think, what am I getting out of this right now? Yeah. You know, because people are there to sell. You know, I have like companies that sell to me and, and you know, that they just sell to you and tie you up to a contract for one year. And then that's it. That's, that's their job done. Yeah. But they don't really care about your business or how they can add value to your business. Do you see what I mean? Yep. So like, you've got to be aware and you've got to be smart to see actually, what am I getting for this? And how is it adding value? And is this a good price? hundred mm percent. -hmm. And I think uh, the bit that you just said about having the spreadsheet, for example, I mean, it could be a spreadsheet. It could be an app. It could be any way that you are able to physically see what's mm. uh, going up in the plus what's going out in the minuses and what you're left with is it black or red and mm. it's so important because especially now everything's digital right you don't pay anything with cash anymore or very rarely will you pay for stuff with cash so everything's digital everything's done with a couple of clicks and you don't actually then get to see a day-to-day -day, maybe a week to week on week breakdown 
of actually what's going on. And only until you have that in front of you, will you have that data and that awareness around you to go, actually, whoa, I just realized that, you know, a thousand pounds is going out here and it definitely doesn't need to because it's not returning anything. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Like be smart with, be smart with your money. And that doesn't mean don't spend. It just means spend efficiently. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Love it. So last couple of questions. This has been so much fun, by the way. Uh, So last couple (laughs) of questions. Um, Favorite book of all time or favorite movie of all time? And why? Mm -hmm. Like, what did it teach you? Okay, so favorite movie of all time has to be Coming to America. Oh, my God. It is, like, by far the best movie ever. And actually, I I didn't really ever think about what it taught me or why. It's just, I just absolutely love it it's one of my favorite movies ever um but actually what what the message in that movie is that if you really want something you can have it but you've got to take the initiative to go and get it do you see what i mean and like what is meant for you will always be yours true love it i think that's what i learned from that movie and favorite book honestly manifest now is one of my favorite favorite books um i have do you know what i have so many favorite books so i can't really say but manifest now is definitely up there Mm -hmm. it's just such an amazing book and it makes you realize so many things that you thought that you already knew but she just puts it into so much perspective and you're like oh my god why did i not why you know why did i not think of this yeah it's a book that allows you to have that like the penny just dropped feeling yeah exactly exactly yeah because you can hear things like 10 12 15 100 times but Mm. one person will say it a specific way or you'll read it a specific way or you'll hear it a specific way and that's when you'll go oh holy crap now i understand yeah so yeah okay awesome i love that and then last question if you could give your younger self only one piece of advice what would it be you know what you're probably not going to like this um (laughs) if I was to give my younger self advice it would be to not to trust anyone and I know you're going to be like we've got to work on this (laughs) (laughs) this is next week's session by the way (laughs) this is next week's session but honestly the reason for why I say this because I don't mean like don't trust anyone and it's just that you know what Dipesh unfortunately I feel like we live in a world now that everyone is just like out for themselves and there's only a handful of people that I have realized especially in the last few years that genuinely care about you or have like good intentions towards you and for me it's all about intentions and I just feel like I have trusted way too many people in my life and I and I was one of those people that always said I hate it when people say don't trust anyone my mom used to say it to me all the time all the time she says it to me like on a weekly basis for the last 20 years and I was always so against it because I was just like no you know that's what you think but actually no people are nice and um, you can trust people but you know what Dipesh you can't (laughs) (laughs) you've got to be so careful with who you say what to um, who your friends are, who you surround yourself with, because ultimately you are 
the people that you hang out with, you know, and spend the most time with. Yeah, I actually, uh, to be honest, I completely agree with you. Um, oh, you do? I, would, I, I do, I do. But I would, I would phrase it slightly uh, differently in terms of you can trust people because people are out there who have like good intentions. People are out there to help. People are out there to uh, provide support and things like that. that. There are people that are good. I believe that there is yeah. good in everyone. Um, yeah. But I feel like, and maybe this is what, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to just kind of paraphrase what you were saying as well. Be careful who you give your time and energy to. Mm, yeah. And be more selective, be more intentional and selective with who yeah. you give your time and energy to because yeah. who you allow into your life in that respect can mm. either make you or completely drain you. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Is that, is that? On point? Yeah. And also the fact that like going back to trusting your intuition, yeah. you'll know very quickly but it's our mind and circumstances that make us think otherwise. Yeah, but your intuition will never lie to you. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the things that we're working on together, right? Like just mm. harnessing that skill of intuition, because uh, yeah. I think it's even Spielberg's speech um, where he, he calls it the whisper, right? You can call it gut feeling. You can call it intuition. You can call it um, like just, uh, just like a sensation that you have a knowing. Uh, Steven Spielberg calls it the whisper and he okay. he says it quite interestingly as well he's like you have to really listen because that whisper won't come at you screaming and shouting it's not oh, gonna be, it's agree. not gonna be obvious to you but you it's like to. the slightest feeling or thought for like a split second yes exactly. but it came and it and you did and you did become aware of it yeah Exactly. And most of the time we are aware of it and we dismiss it because we're not used to that. Right. We, we kind of pass it off as like, oh, that's just a, that's a stupid idea or whatever, but actually it's a skill to be able to refine that, to actually make, turn the volume of that whisper up. So you become more aware of it when it's happening and learn yeah. to trust it. But yeah, it's definitely a skill and uh, experiences in life will help you or make you want to uh, learn more about that for sure. Yeah. Amazing. Yasmin, that, uh, was there anything else that you'd like to add? Just- uh, No, it's been amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, oh, there was one more thing that you did. What? Sorry, just before we finished, there was one more thing. You actually had a brand that you put into Topshop. You told me just before- Oh my God. Yeah, just <laughs> super quick, if you don't mind, just going into like- because what I really, really wanted to do was obviously my beauty brand. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the kind of person that, well, obviously, you know, that sometimes I just avoid the thing that I really want. I avoid it. I'll do anything and I'll avoid it. So I wanted my beauty brand and I did everything to avoid it because it was like I just had so much fear around it that I ended up launching another brand that I did not care about. But I was the first person in, in UK and Europe to launch silver and gold temporary tattoos and they went viral and they got stocked in Harvey Nichols, in Topshop and a number of other retailers and they kept selling out and they were amazing but Depeche like really couldn't care for it like I just didn't care because it was just a distraction and it was past time but then that 
enabled me to give me the confidence of like, oh my God, if I could sell this, why can I not sell something that I am so, so passionate about and also has a purpose and I can actually make a difference in people's lives? Like, why? Why am I doubting myself? That is awesome. And actually that wraps it up perfectly. Uh, Yasmin, firstly, thank you so much for being on uh, on the show. It's been awesome to speak to you. Uh, I know we speak a lot anyway, but this is like amazing to really get your insights on the way you think and what you've been through. Yeah. Uh, guys, for everyone listening, uh, Yasmin is on Instagram. If you don't already know her, uh, she's on Instagram as Yasmin Karimi. Um, that's, I'll put a link in uh, the Instagram post that I do for this, as well as on YouTube. Um, also, for the guys listening, if you want to buy a an amazing, thoughtful Valentine's present for your <laughs> partners, or maybe a girl that you're trying to impress, Yasmin's got a collection coming out very soon, which uh, you should definitely check out because the products not only smell amazing and get results, but also uh, they are really there to, I would say, provide like this loving conditioning experience for hair care and beauty. Uh, So yeah, definitely. And girls who are listening, tell your guys about it for sure. Yeah. Yes, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and right. I hope you guys have uh, enjoyed it and enjoyed listening to Yaz as well. Um, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I really hope you loved the episode. I hope you connected with it, enjoyed it, found inspiration from it. Um, if you don't mind leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. I really, really appreciate it. It would mean the world to me. Uh, Thank you again for listening and stay safe. See you guys soon.